the rise of a forgotten franchise, the dawn of a new era, a war on everything we thought movies could be. The reboot trilogy of The Planet of the Apes brings new stories that leave you easily entertained. Welcome to Easily Entertained, a show dedicated to appreciating all the best parts of entertainment. My name's Bryson Olson, and I'm a filmmaker and a lover of all forms of storytelling. Here I will bring you along as we critique and analyze stories with a more positive take on why we enjoy them and bring a new appreciation to the world of entertainment. Welcome back to Easily Entertained. My name is Bryson Olson. I'm here to talk about all things entertainment with you today we are going to be talking about the more recent planet of the apes trilogy the rise of the planet of the apes dawn of the planet of the apes and war for the planet of the apes uh, where andy circus stars as caesar the main ape in each movie and i thought i would kind of have fun talking about them because this is actually one of my favorite trilogies i think it's one of the best trilogies just ever made in general as well as i think each movie gets progressively better and they add a lot of commentary with each movie as well and i think that's just a fun way to do a trilogy and especially on a franchise that was kind of old the most recent planet of the apes before the trilogy i believe was in 2001 i think mark Wahlberg is in it I have never seen it, but I've heard of it. And then you have the really old Planet of the Apes movies. And this trilogy was to serve sort of as a reboot for them. It was a reboot a reboot prequel, sort of. That was kind of the idea of it on like how the apes came to rule the earth and why there aren't very many humans around anymore. And so it's kind of an interesting concept and I liked it. And so let's kind of get into the first one rise of the planet of the apes. This one, as you can kind of tell, this is when the intelligent apes are on the rise. This is when they get their intelligence. Caesar is kind of the standpoint on intelligence for these characters. And basically the whole trilogy is about Caesar. He's an ape who is born to an ape who was being tested on to improve intelligence. It was meant to be a cure to Alzheimer's and they wanted to improve intelligence as it was degrading in humans. And to kind of test on that, they used it on chimps to see if their intelligence would improve. And Caesar was kind of born to a mother who had been using, who had been treated with the experimental drug and thus the properties of it kind of carried on to him. And so you kind of go throughout this entire franchise with Caesar, who is probably the most intelligent of them. And as he was never, he was never treated with anything. He was born intelligent rather than given intelligence as most of the other apes are. Any of the apes who were born to the intelligent apes are very much on the same level as Caesar throughout the franchise. But in this first movie, Caesar is kind of that high level and he becomes the leader because he's so self-aware. He understand he starts to understand his place in everything. And that's very much the theme of the movie is becoming self-aware and finding where you belong. He gains his own people because after an incident, he has to 
go stay at a chimp refuge or whatever they call it. I don't remember exactly what they call it, but they're like, they're all still like primitive minded and don't really understand anything, but he gives them intelligence and he gains a people. His saying throughout the entire franchise is apes together strong. And it shows that he finds his place and he finds a people that he can stick by and that he can protect and they can all protect each other and they're building their own society. But also the movie kind of starts to pose the question because of, of how they treat the apes in the facility and how they treat the apes in the lab where they give them intelligence. And it poses the question of how animals should really be treated. Every animal has some form of intelligence. Should we be treating them as such? Should they deserve the same kind of rights that humans do? And that's kind of what I think the Planet of the Apes franchise was meant to really target is that kind of is the idea of rights. And I'm sure it taught, I'm sure especially the originals are probably a lot more about like civil rights and things like that, just because they are probably meant to be more of a representation of how minorities are just treated in different areas. And I think in this one, it just kind of takes it a bit further and not just individual like races, but just individual beings in general. If something has a consciousness, should we be treating it as such? And does it matter that they have a higher intelligence or they're just animals? And so it kind of starts to attack that in rise of the planet of the apes is how intelligent can these creatures be or become and should they be treated as such it's like when people kind of talk about ai where they're like oh you should be treating ai good like if you you better apologize or say thank you when you're using your little phone ai because if they rise up you want to make sure you were nice to them and it's like should we be treating intelligent creatures with respect already which i think most people do tend to treat them with respect and that goes for any level of intelligence whether it's a dog or i think bugs are really the only thing that people don't really care which kind of valid because bugs are gross sometimes but but i think that's kind of the idea that it poses is should intelligent beings all be treated fairly and i kind of like that aspect of rise and then we kind of move on to dawn of the planet of the apes the ape society has kind of been established already there's not a lot of people anymore they all were kind of killed because how the viral component that made the ape smart the virus killed humans it attacked their immune systems and didn't help them like it was supposed to and so a lot of humans get wiped out and they're kind of separated you get this massive separation of apes and humans and most humans are gone they have been wiped off the face mostly wiped off the face of the earth those that are still around are pretty much immune until the strain adapts or something like that and so in dawn you kind of get two major sides where because you're getting the separation of apes and humans you have to one, you have to dive more into what ape society would be like. And are they going to be like humans? Yes, they are going to be very much like humans. And it makes sense. And that kind of lets you continue with your storytelling because you humanize the apes 
they're super intelligent and more uh they can what's the word i'm trying to say they can feel more emotion because of their higher neuron count they react to emotions more similarly to how humans react because of the higher intelligence that's why humans are like why we're regarded as so intelligent is because we're able to not only have like analytical intelligence like where you can plan things there are a lot of creatures that can do that they have very logical intelligence where they can plan things and they can see further than themselves but what kind of makes us more unique and certain other creatures as well throughout the planet that are unique in what we would consider higher intelligence is the ability to feel emotion as well as being self-aware so creatures like orcas or octopus they are able to feel well we don't know if octopus can feel emotion but they i believe they've been declared like sentient creatures but like orcas and dolphins especially they can recognize themselves and also feel deep emotion amongst their groups and amongst themselves and that kind of shows a really high level of intelligence and essentially in donna the planet of the apes they discover what it means to really have higher intelligence they go more on the relationships of having that intelligence and you get this duality of hate and love because our main character caesar he was kind of brought up with a human he experienced a lot of love and he understand he learned from his human what it meant to collaborate he brought all the apes together and it's very much a representation of human society where humans, because we're so intelligent, we could get together and collaborate on things to become a bigger whole rather than just the individual filled with hate and the desire to like very primal desires. We can come together and actually think of things as more than one, more than just a small piece. And so Caesar is very much a representation of that. And then we have the opposite of Caesar who went through a lot of labs he experienced a lot of hate with humans and that's koba he does not really like humans and it's that hate that we see bring down society because hate is just a very destructive emotion it's a it can be a healthy emotion if expressed properly because everyone's going to feel hate at some point but you need to be able to get past it and still use love to overcome your hate as which Caesar usually does. And we'll talk about that more in just a little bit when we talk about war. But when you have hate, you kind of disintegrate the bonds that keep society together. Koba thinks that there are no real good humans and thus he believes apes are just superior and that humans should just be wiped off the face of the earth as probably many humans thought of the apes in the franchise that they were just bad and they could they should be wiped completely and that hateful mindset does not allow for a lot of collaboration whereas caesar does allow for a lot of collaboration but he wants both societies to be fine he grew up with people he doesn't really have anything against them he's like hey just leave us alone and we'll be totally fine and it comes back to his idea of apes together are strong and it's 
of the similar mindset that people have where there's safety in numbers, where groups and collaboration keep society going. And it very much focuses on those ideas in this one in particular. It's dealing a lot more with the relationships rather than just establishing, oh, there are smart apes now, just like there are humans. And instead are focusing on, okay, we've established that they're smart. What's the next step is society. And that was kind of the point of Dawn is to bring them both to a very similar level. And even though apes are still pretty primitive and are using like more stone age type tools, they can collaborate with each other and understand each other similar to how humans do. And it's very much a representation of human society in general. It humanizes the apes and shows us what human society can be like and lets us reflect on ourselves very much how in the movie they haven't they have a rule where apes do not kill apes but koba is a very bad ape and so they do have to kill him they don't want to but they have to kill him some apes are going to be really bad but most are not going to be and that's very much a reflection of our society most people are not bad people in fact most people have really good intentions we want to collaborate with each other we do not want society to fall apart but the few that do typically get highlighted a lot more and they even use Koba in a way that's like not entirely unrealistic with human society either. His motivations are fairly clear. He doesn't hate apes. He just thinks humans do bad things. And because he was treated by some humans really badly, all humans could be really bad. And so you get a more humanized villain that you would really see in society where they have had a lot of bad experiences. And as such, they believe most people are bad. And that's what I really like about Dawn in particular is that duality of apes and humans and both sides reflecting the other showing what societies really are like when you get down to the basics and core of them not just we have social media and we have technology and government and whatever it gets down to the basics of what really makes a society and that's really what dawn is about and it lets you reflect more on that and that's why i think that one is so good so next we'll talk about war after the events of Dawn, Koba has died because they had to kill him because things were going bad. And so you kind of think that humans have gone off and done their own thing. Apes are doing their own thing and they're leaving each other alone. They haven't seen humans for a while and they're pretty much chilling. But what happens is the few humans that, are, that remain are kind of bad humans. They want to kill apes. They don't believe that they should have their own society. They need to be eliminated because humans are the superior species. And as such, you get very much a reflection of hate throughout this movie because Caesar kind of thinks about Koba a lot and he's haunted by the impact that Koba had because apes that followed Koba joined humans in trying to kill the ape society after the events of dawn and so you kind of 
have this little moment where do apes still kill apes? Can they, is it still an ape not kill ape rule or is it more based on morality? Very similar to our own societies. Because once again, that's very much what the franchise kind of represents is the morality that's in society and how societies just kind of function and in war caesar's family gets killed and because of this he is now filled with hate and he's very much acting like coba he was he was done wrong by a very bad human and now he wants to get rid of that human and it's not to the same level that coba does where he wants to eliminate all humans but it's still very much that hateful mindset that starts to bring your society crumbling down. They want to move away and they want to find a safer place. But what ends up happening is because of Caesar's hate, it blinds him from protecting his own society. He thinks about his own goals. He thinks back to the individual rather than a whole, rather than a group, not as a society, but as just himself. And that is a major reflection on what the world is like, where sometimes we want to be a society, but then we think very much about the what is in it for me, rather than how could I benefit the whole. And because of that, you have Caesar doing his own thing, and the more he does it, the more he thinks about Koba, because he's going down a dark path. Koba went down a dark path. Caesar tried to bring him back and Caesar's friends are trying to bring Caesar back to a more light path and have forgiveness and accept things. And, you know, not everything is going to be okay, but you move past it and go on and do what you're go on and do what you can. But Caesar keeps being haunted by Koba because he's acting more like Koba. And a major thing about this is learning to forgive it's learning to accept death or wrongdoings and well unfortunate we have to move on past them and try to make things better if it's an individual who's only going after his own personal goals if they can only get so far unless you're collaborating with other people or other apes as in the case of this movie and it kind of lets you almost revert back to what it is in Rise, where Caesar is first introduced to the apes, and he is all by himself, and he kind of has to run things by himself before they all gain intelligence. And now they all seem to have intelligence while Caesar is reverting back to that more primal mindset where it's all about him rather than the group. And that, I think, is just a really fun story arc to go throughout three movies and tell a character's full story where they are brought up and they become a leader and they have their whole society and then their family dies and he goes on revenge and then he accepts that he can't really do much to bring them back, but he can take care of those that he loves and the society that he has built and bring them to safety. And I love that kind of arc that you see through a character that usually people, not people, usually 
studios try to do in a single movie. They try to give you a whole story arc and these major, major points of a character's history all in two hours rather than trying to split it up. I do not think all movies need to be split up, but I think these movies in particular do really well at having self-contained stories that each tell a major aspect of a character's life. And they're all very standalone. I think you can watch any of the Planet of the Apes movies with of these of this trilogy with no context of any of the other things and pretty much understand exactly what's going on. And I think that's just a mark of good writing. It's a mark of good character development because each movie has its own story arc and its own main message that it teaches. And that's why I think the Planet of the Apes trilogy is so great and always leaves you easily entertained. So thank you very much for listening to this episode of Easily Entertained. I hope you enjoyed it. Before we leave, we have our rating, which is our own special rating system for Easily Entertained because we're entertained by pretty much everything, hence the name. And so we have our own special rating system to kind of level things out instead of just a one through 10. So we have garbage, which kind of self is pretty self-explanatory. We have once is fine. You don't really need to see it again. You have uh, right mood. So you have to be, you have to just be right to be able to watch it. Like maybe you can watch it every now and again, but it's not going to be the movie you pick all the time. You have quotable, you have go to, and then you have all day, every day. And the Planet of the Apes trilogy, because they're all self-contained, they're all wonderful stories, and you know you can kind of jump in at any point, I would put the Planet of the Apes trilogy at an all day, every day. I personally think they're all amazing movies, and they get better with each one, and they tell a massive, cohesive story, while also being self-contained with each movie. I think it's wonderful. And for that, I think I got to give it an all day, every day. And then we also have our question of the week. And this is to get you involved in the discussion. If you want to respond on YouTube, Spotify, or Instagram, wherever, let us know which Planet of the Apes movie do you think is the best? So not your favorite one, but which do you think is the best one overall? Personally, because I do think they get better with each movie, but... I would say that Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is probably the best movie. I think it tells the best story. I think the effects, you notice like the drastic shift in how well done the effects are, and they're even better in War of the Planet of the Apes. But Dawn, I think you see the major change from Rise to Dawn, and then you just have a very well-built story with a very set villain, which I think is usually kind of fun to have in these kind of movies and they're well written as well as a good protagonist so i would put dawn of the planet of the apes as the best one in the trilogy but personally i think they all have their own charm and i will accept any answer if it's rise dawn or war but yeah that was this episode thank you for listening if you enjoyed be sure to give us a follow so you can be notified of all the latest episodes and until next time we will see ya Bye, you have been easily entertained.